0: Something that I continue to do at the Spanish Masses following my predecessor, Father Rhodes Bolster, is to give the announcements right after the Gospel but before the homily. So let's give it a try at the English Masses and see if it works. I was, people were telling me, well, Father, not everyone is there to do the announcements before Mass. They're always late. I said, yeah, that's true. I said, but we will also have the same problem because people, as soon as they receive communion, they peel out. They leave the church. I say, so the only time that we really have their attention, their full attention, is right after the gospel because they're waiting for the wonderful homily of Father. <laughs> so here we go. Thank you for all of those who were helping with the celebration of Our Lady of Guadalupe and those who came. Thank you so much for your support. Also thank you to the Knights of Columbus for their support during our Christmas Basket Program and their different activities. You guys have touched the lives of many. Thank you once again also to the community for your great support to our Christmas Basket Program. We were able to help many, many families in our neighborhood, but also down in uh, McEwen and McMinnville, I believe. So thank you for your generosity. We have our Christmas concert that is this evening, I believe. Is that correct? Is it tonight? Please honor our adult and children's choir with your presence. The promise is a joyful, peaceful, prayerful evening. All are invited. Be sure to check the schedule for our Christmas Eve and Christmas Day Masses in the bulletin and on our website. Christmas is on a Sunday, but our normal Sunday Mass schedule will will be different. So instead of adding more Masses on Sunday, we're actually subtracting Masses. We will not have the 7 a.m. Mass on Sunday or the 5 p.m. Don't ask me. I just follow instructions. (laughs) St. Philip has the tradition of providing our families with oplatki, a special Eastern European uh, Christmas bread. It is meant to share at your Christmas Eve evening meal. There are the instructions and the explanation of what this is, and this will be given after Mass. Well, that concludes the announcements. Then after the final blessing, I just say go. <laughs> we are in this fourth Sunday of Advent, and the, the, as we are approaching Christmas, we hear more of this, the, coming, the first coming of Jesus through his incarnation. And I had to modify my homily from yesterday. After hearing the homily of Father Ed, he doesn't know this, but I really read his homilies. What he types and when he preaches, I listen to it. Because he is a great homilist. And his homily for today, I thought, was a masterpiece. Not that all his other homilies aren't. Sometimes he adds a little too much history but he is a great homilist. Through, since December 8th, we have been pondering on Mary. We were reflecting on the mystery of her immaculate conception in the womb of her mother, Saint Anne. Then on December the 12th, we ponder on her under the title of Our Lady of Guadalupe, who is the patroness of the Americas. Now, she was the patron of Mexico already, obviously, and of Latin America. But about 90 years ago, when the bishops were together, they said, we want her as her patron saint. So it was the bishops who requested the Pope to make her the patron of the Americas, including Canada and the U.S. and the Philippines. On January 1st, we will be reflecting on her motherhood, on Mary as the mother of God, the God-bearer, the Teotokos. There's a lot of Mary that we talk about. And in the Gospel of Luke, we get a perspective of Mary and the mystery of the Incarnation. But Matthew does something a little different. What Matthew puts in our eyes is the perspective of St. Joseph. That's the centerpiece of this passage. Because we know the dream of Joseph and how he felt in his heart. That's something that Luke does, but with Mary. We got to keep in mind that Matthew was writing to a Jewish audience. So he had to convince his audience that Jesus was the promise of the Old Testament, that he was the Messiah, he was the anointed one. Now Joseph was a carpenter, not in the sense that we think of a carpenter. They did a lot of manual work. Joseph, that's what he did for a living. And more likely, Jesus was around him, learning this, seeing what Joseph was doing asking questions because we can't deny that Jesus had to learn things because he was fully human and fully divine to say that he learned that he knew everything since he was born it's actually a heresy because then where is his humanity so there were a lot of things that Jesus had to learn from his father joseph was a faithful jew That's why he has this dream. Because he himself, I mean Joseph himself, had a friendship with God. He was in tune with his creator. That's why he's also giving this mission of being the foster father of our Lord. That's why when he wakes up from this dream, he does what he's commanded. Because he knew what the will of God was in his life. Now Jesus teaches us to have a relationship with God. But not just as the creator. As the maker of all things. As the supreme higher being, which he is. But he goes more intimate. Jesus teaches us to be in a relationship with God as our Father. Where do you think he learned that from? From his relationship with St. Joseph as his father here on earth. That's where he learned that from. That's why the paternal figure in Christianity is vital to the church and to society. I often kid that I work with women. I do. Look at our staff on the bulletin. There's only two two, guys other, two other guys, well, not counting the priest. Let's say six guys total. The rest are women. Same thing when it comes to our volunteers, to our ministry leads. It's women who are involved. And I love that. Because women pay attention to details. They're caring. They know how to address an issue. Most of the times, they could be bossy. You know, I said, I never got married, so I didn't have a woman tell me what to do. Now I have 15 women telling me what to do. (laughs) And sometimes all at the same time. So you married men are lucky. You only have one. But that should not be the case. Women should not only be involved in the church. Men should also be involved. Statistics show that when a man is involved in the life of his child when he practices a faith more than likely those children will continue practicing their faith and if it's a boy that sees his father going to church that's what he's going to teach his family when he makes his own family men I'm talking to you. I don't know if you had a friendship with your dad. I don't know if you had a dad present. I don't know if you received from a father what you were meant to receive. But it is up to you to heal those wounds and give your children or grandchildren the love they deserve and the presence they deserve. You are a pivotal figure in your families you're protecting you're leading but the most important mission the most important call that you have as a man is to bring your family closer to god that's what joseph did as soon as he hears from the angel the angel and he wakes up he does as he's told men be present in the life of your children. Faith is not only for your wife who has nothing to do but to go to church and pray the rosary. (laughs) You are the lead. And you will give an account of the family you've been entrusted. God will ask, what did you do with the family I entrusted to your care? We still have a couple of more days of Advent to reflect on this fatherhood, on the fatherhood of our Lord, but also on the fatherhood that each of you possess. I invite you, especially men today, to go deep in your heart to analyze if you have a friendship with God as a father. And if you are giving your family what they need. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took his wife into his home.